Hi, I'm David. I'm Doug. And we are Beyond Hungry. So Doug, what are we talking about in this episode? Uh, we are talking about the derecho that tore through the state of Iowa and some neighboring states a couple weeks ago, uh, which is which is interesting because uh, I believe the coast and the south are dealing with a hurricane, uh, likely a much, 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 much worse storm than what we dealt with uh, a couple weeks ago. And so uh, hopefully everyone makes it out of there all, all right or as well as they can. But we, we talk about the storm and the aftermath and how we dealt with that. We were thankfully very lucky. We also have a conversation about how time is honestly starting to slip away from us mm-hmm. uh, and how mm-hmm. frustrating that can be and what we're doing to get around that. Uh, and I think we, we end with a conversation on coffee, strangely enough, what we're doing at home, what we're trying out, and uh, how it can help us keep our focus. Should we get to it? Let's get to it. David, it's it's been kind of a crazy week uh, in a crazy time, hasn't it? I don't think I've ever seen what we just experienced uh, here in Iowa or in the Midwest because it also affected Illinois. But yeah, the derecho storm, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd heard of that term before, definitely, um, and never really quite understood. And I was just like, I know it's like Spanish or something because I remember something from my high school Spanish like popped up in my head. I was like, does that mean right or left or something like that? And I think, uh, what, what does it actually mean in Spanish? It means straight. So the way the storm talks about, talks about a straight line of like storms. So back to our listeners, a direct, a derecho, um, which is Spanish for straight as in direction is a widespread long lived straight line windstorm that is associated with fast moving group of severe thunderstorms known as a missile scale convective system and potentially rivaling a hurricane, hurricanic and tornadic forces. So essentially yeah. it's a, it's a hurricane in the middle of in, inland hurricane. It's a Midwestern hurricane. Yes. <laughs> it's which I didn't know that happened. I didn't know that can happen. We had tornadoes. That was our thing. And now we have this other thing to worry about. Yeah. I, I thought it was, uh, I think it was low, like, I want to say it was worse than the tornadoes we've had, but I think it was that more damage recently than, I mean, we haven't had anything like an F4 or F5. I mean, tornadoes are very, I think they're, they're like localized along the path of this, of, of where that tornado decides to go, which it can be incredibly destructive, you know, and it can, it can, it can really wreck up whole towns. And, you know, as we saw, I think last year in Marshalltown, I think it took out like the courthouse or, or a library or mm-hmm. something, you know, which was really heartbreaking to see, but but I think just like the wide swath of of damage, like this wasn't just like a small area and a small path. It like, I mean, it it's had some real widespread damage uh, oh, all yeah. across Iowa. Uh, I remember I was sitting in the office when this when this started happening, and I remember the sirens going off because uh, we have um, what I've been told. Uh, what I grew up as they were, they were tornado sirens. So whenever these like sirens go off, they kind of like wail around They're They're, they're fairly loud, uh, but you can kind of hear them droning in. We knew that there was, uh, that was supposed to be the sign that it was, there was going to be a tornado and mm-hmm. that you would seek shelter. And, um, it was a little bit odd that we would then like look online at our apps and there was no tornado warning. There was just a severe thunderstorm warning. And then someone later informed me that, um, that they kind of switched what the meaning of the siren is. And anytime there's like really serious weather, tornado or no, 
uh, that they'll flip the sirens on, which I guess I guess makes sense. But at the time I was sitting in my office and it started to get like super dark and the wind started to pick up. And I didn't honestly really think much of it because it's a pretty secure building. Um, and we've been through some pretty bad storms. I've slept through some pretty bad storms uh, this summer, honestly, uh, that happened, uh, you know, <laughs> late at night. And I just remember, like, after the storm had passed, that's when I started getting these, like, little blips, these little reports from other people about the damage that had been done. Because once again, downtown Des Moines, I don't think that much happened. But then I started hearing of like downed power lines and people's cars uh, getting like branches falling on them. And then I started to see that like there were a lot of branches down and then like whole trees were being uprooted. And uh, honestly, I, did, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, we were at home when when this happened and it was like getting like stored. We didn't know what to expect. We heard the sirens so that we started packing. Uh, we packed things up that are very like important, like some documents and of course, like computers. And we went downstairs and yeah, like you said, severe thunderstorm. We're like, okay, so the signs are gone. So I'll go upstairs and I will see outside and you can like, barely see. We didn't suffer any damage. Like the like, electricity went in and out, in and out. Mm -hmm. And we, were, we still had electricity. It's not until like later on, uh, I just went down the street and then saw the like severe damage of like trees being on houses and like yeah. huge trees just being fully taken out. Honestly, it was such a delayed response for me in that like it took a while because I what I didn't realize at the time until like the next day was that people's cell service was taken out. Yes. Like, uh, that, that they were clogged with with either calls or some of the towers had gotten damaged. But like they couldn't even contact. Not only did people not have power, they didn't have Internet and like their cell service was down. So like people couldn't even communicate to us until um, for a while, um, unless they got lucky that they were kind of trapped or that they needed assistance or they were in trouble. And so like once I realized that I had to like go around to the office and start calling everyone and and what I kind of like tried to work on make sure that like everyone is accounted for and that's when like I started to realize like how how bad it was yeah because you live you live downtown like you yeah I even I went home later that day because this happened on Monday I went home later in the afternoon after the storm had passed just to check on like the patio because we have like a, a patio and that's the only thing that would have been affected because we're kind of in like a, a, a pretty sturdy you know industrial brick building and we we lost a, a lot of tomatoes or potential tomatoes, <laughs> but like that was that was it. But then just looking out at on social media a few hours later, it was pretty apparent like we got lucky. Yeah, yeah. And when we when we went to walk the dog, we saw like someone's like this giant tree just cut almost the house in half, like through the roof. Like I didn't realize like when people were checking in with me, you know, I was like, oh, I'm fine, everything's good. I just hear you know chainsaws outside and we were like considerably lucky i mean like across the street and a few houses down like they didn't have power Ugh. people were nervous about because once they saw the power lines were down like entire mm -hmm. poles cut in half and then they didn't realize like when they were gonna get power until from this recording there is still people without power yeah no it's it's i think that's just so strange is it, it took a long time for all this to settle in for everyone because like we've had we've had power outages before during like we've had bad storms just not as bad as this 
And so like, you know, uh, a storm will knock down a tree and it'll take down a power line and, you know, the energy company will come out and they'll, they'll get it fixed at least in 24 hours, but generally much, 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 much sooner. And so like, I feel like that was the expectation from everyone or not from everyone, but from a lot of people was that like, oh, this is probably just only happening to me uh, in the beginning. I think that's what they thought. Like, oh, we just weren't lucky. You know, our power got taken out mid-american or someone will be out to 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 fix that and we'll, we'll have maybe we'll stay in a hotel tonight but we'll have power back by tomorrow definitely and then the first estimate i started hearing once people started realizing this was more widespread is it was two days and then the next day the estimate on getting power back was five days and like that's like that's when we knew like everything was overwhelmed yeah i think you mentioned that because no one's using refrigerators at work, you guys allowed people to come store food there, right? Yeah, I, that was the one thing. Like, honestly, like it didn't occur to me um, just because it it felt so overwhelming at the time. And because it didn't affect me, like personally, like I still had power. Like I didn't make the logical leap of conclusion of like, you know, once you realize the power is going to be out for multiple days that you're not going to get it back tomorrow, that instead of making that decision to like keep your fridge closed, you need to make the decision to like move that food. And yeah. this is happening at the worst fucking time. <laughs> like we've already talked about how everyone is being a little more conservative with, or, or, or they're being much more like preservationist. They're being more cautious about food and how they're a little more stock up right now because of the pandemic. And they're trying not to go out to grocery stores as much. And like, this is the worst thing that could have happened to us. Well, so far, I, I don't want to say it is the worst thing, <laughs> but like, this is really unfortunate in that, like everyone has stocked up on all this food and has tried to be really smart about it. And now, but the one thing that could have knocked all that out and ruined those plans is the power going out for multiple days. And now potentially all that food is ruined unless they can find a place to store it. Yeah. And then I was like thinking like electric stoves, I would hate to have an electric stove, but, and I was like talking this to I would hate to have a gas stove because there were gas leaks. Yes, that's the one thing. I was like, I was like oh, I'm happy to have a gas stove. And so I was like, you know, there's people had gas leaks. And I was like, oh, that's that's scary. Down power lines and gas leaks. Like the worst, like I, I can't like I, that just makes me so uncomfortable to yeah. think about. But it's crazy just because like people are working from home mm -hmm. and be without Internet power and still have like people that want to take PTO. So just trying to adjust people going to other people's houses like there's. There's some people that I know that went to their parents' house, but, you know, because of COVID, they didn't want to go inside. So they're just parked outside with their computer. Oh, man. And yeah. have an extension cord through the windows to power up their laptops and devices. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of like, once again, I think we were both really, really lucky. I'm trying to think of like, how would you have responded if the power had gone out at your place? Hmm. Like, did you do you have a plan? <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of candles, and then if we didn't have a gas leak, I think we can mm -hmm. still cook food because we have a gas stove. We just need like to match to light it. But I know, like you're, you've got a bunch of stuff in the freezer, right? We've been talking about that. Yeah. So my whole thing would be like, cook as much as you can and um, <laughs> dry ice. Get some dry ice. We have we have a lot of coolers. Luckily, like for us, we have like my brother gifted me a cooler. Mm -hmm. Uh. 
my wife's aunts gave us a cooler. Like every time we go for Thanksgiving, we'll try to bring food back. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, we have we have a cooler there. Just take that. And we're like, oh, we're trying to return it. She's like, no, I bought that for you guys. And then one of our friends, uh, we, we had a cookout and she was in charge of drinks. And she just thought like, oh, I'm going to put these in the cooler. It'll be easy to transport all the pop. And I was like, oh, you've left your cooler. She's like, no, I bought that for you guys. So we have, <laughs> we had a lot of, we have a lot of coolers. So. Yeah. If anything, go get ice, get some dry ice to salvage some things. But other than that, I mean, we still have a lot of pantry food. Yeah. Probably for work, though, um, I lucked out with my cell phone provider. They, my data went out for a little bit, but it came back pretty fast. So I can use that as a mobile hotspot. Yeah. And my SUV has a power outlet. So if I can't oh, nice. charging, I can, I think. You know, or I can just buy an adapter for that. Yeah. But I think the one thing that would have got me is the heat at night, like sleeping. Oh, really? You have AC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I don't I think, mean, there wasn't really that windy outside that night. So, like, I think we were lucky in that, like, those two nights, like the night of, uh, of the storm and the night after were very cool. Yes. Like, I, if that, I mean, not, not, I don't I don't believe it was like terribly cold, but like it was not super hot, which I think was like the saving grace for a lot of people who, you know, didn't have power is like you could potentially exist without air conditioning. You know, that would have been OK. Uh, uh, how about yourself? I mean, you have a, you live in an apartment, you have an electric stove. Yeah, I've I have an electric. St- I have one of the. Oh man, can I tell you how much I hate my stove? I mean, it, look, it's not it's not bad. It could definitely be worse. But I have one of those like glass flat top, the not induction, just like electric stoves um, that are supposed to be easy to clean, but they they never really are. Yeah, I I wouldn't have been able to cook anything on my stove or use my oven, um, and so I'm not sure what I would have done. Like. Losing power to the fridge would have been unfortunate. I would have lost a bunch of food. Maybe I could have like taken it over to the office. Maybe that's fine. Um, but like, uh, thankfully, I think I do have a pretty stocked pantry. I have been buying lots of dry goods and 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 some canned goods. So I think it would have been fine there. But like, how would you have heated up though? I th- I think that's the tough part. So like, the only thing that I have. Oh, you know what? Actually, I have two gas grills like portable like outdoor grass grills mm-hmm. that i used to use to make like um hot pot or just like any sort of like outdoor like like grilling and so I, I do still have those canisters of gas we do have another camp stove and then i have my my kind of like um i have this like cast iron grill um and i have some some charcoal that i can put on so i it would have been I, I guess we just would have pretended like we were camping on the patio <laughs> <laughs> and we would have been able to like do that but uh, honestly i think in 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 the middle of all this we probably would have just been like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah, just to, like get through yeah uh, at least the beginning just be like let's let's not worry about like cooking tonight let's or let's just order in but that's that's the way that would have gone we probably would have lost some food um we would have stored what we could in in like our yeti like i feel like anyone who has like spent the money to invest in a yeti or like one of those like high-end coolers is feeling very smug right now about being able to keep their things cold yeah um, but, but most of those people who have spent that you know on a good yeti <laughs> they don't have enough yetis for their four no. freezers that they own you know like 
Like, oh yeah, yeah, you have you have a freezer in the garage, you have a, a your normal I, refrigerator, and then you have another I one in the basement, and they're like, all that food is gonna go. That's the thing that kills me is like the people that I know that like that that would have like who are able to go out and go to a meat locker and purchase a side of beef or something like that. And they have a deep freeze for that to like so that they can like work their way through it like bit by bit. Like they're being really smart and it's it's really efficient and it's really it's a really economical way, I believe, of of kind of doing that. But like this is like one of those situations where they're completely like. It, it just did not work in their favor. Uh, and hopefully they've been able to move the people that I know who, who, who kind of do that kind of thing have been able to move their meat and, and all their investments into other things. But, but again, like Kenny said, like, you know, the people who own the Yetis and just talk also about privilege, like the privilege yeah, to no. be <laughs> able to afford all that yeah. and to be able to afford, uh, to take care the take the precautions to protect your food and to yeah. probably go somewhere that does have electricity and stuff like that. Like, but there's also people like who don't have that option who are already yeah. struggling. And now this is even a bigger impact of like either that her car got destroyed by a tree yeah. and they can't drive anywhere. They can't store anything. So it's like those who are disenfranchised, you can see the gap. You can see the, the difference now because of COVID of like who can be prepared and like the ability to work from home, you know, having secure yeah. jobs. And then on top of that, now something that takes your power out that the food that you have to cook, now you have to think about purchasing takeout, which sometimes this can be very expensive. Yeah, this has set a lot of people back, honestly, yes. like and and in in a time that like was already really precarious. Like this is just setting them back even more. And I, I sort of feel like it, they talk about how like most Americans are like one disaster away from complete ruin. And this year has been disaster after disaster after disaster. And yeah, we'll, we'll kind of have to see how this all shakes out and what like the end, what the final bill on this is, you know, what the final effect of this is. Uh, I don't think any of us are new. Yeah. So stay tuned for an update on this information. Yeah. Uh, in, in the meantime, David, what, what have you what have you been cooking? What's what's been on your plate recently? Oh, man. Um what are you trying? I just tried quick things. So I made this red curry coconut um, like pasta dish. It's just mm. shrimp, kale, or another different vegetable. And it's a very fast. literally takes 15 minutes to make. Learn nice. it from the Fitman Who Cooks or Fitman Cooking. Oh, yeah. And uh, we love the dish so much that I've made it like two or three times. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you get in those like you find a dish that you are like able to nail or like or are getting close to like being perfect and you just want to make it all the time to get better at it? Or is it like you want to make it all the time because see, that's, that's it's just good and you want to eat it more. That, yeah, that that's my cooking thing is like kind of like Chef Roy Choi. And I want to get his cookbook because he has the I, the mentality of this. And I really appreciate it. It's like the thing about cookbooks or think about recipes is that sometimes they're so like difficult or they're so tedious to make that you make it once and you impress yourself and you're like that you impress the person that you're cooking it for or your friends mm -hmm. but the cooking process and making that dish was so intensive that you're like i don't want to make this again because it's going to take forever it's going to take half a day <laughs> to get rid of all the ingredients it was like treacherous so i really try to find recipes or dishes that I'm like okay 
if it's a busy day, I have 15 minutes to make something or it's going to be a busy week. Um, or just in, in general, I would like to make dishes that are pretty quick, somewhat simple. That way, if I really like it and I really enjoy it, I know it's going to be easy. I know that I'm not going to be like, okay, this is a one and done deal. Like I'm not a professional mm. chef or it's not going to take me like, I don't have the time the day to make this or it doesn't take me forever to go to three different grocery stores to get the ingredients I need. So it, I guess for me, it's like, I like to make dishes that I know they're very easy, simple, and I can just keep making them. And I know they're going to be delicious. And I think that's like right. my mentality of approaching a dish. Like sometimes it'll be nice to make something fancy of like, oh, this looks great. I want to try that. Now I want to go hunt for these ingredients. And it's like, oh, prep time, 45 minutes, cooking time, 45 to an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> that's two hours, probably three hours of my day going in, into the kitchen, which there's some dishes that I appreciate. Like we made that big lasagna. Oh, yeah. And that's like, like a full day. And, yeah. you know, rolling out pasta and doing all that stuff. I loved it. Great. But when am I going to do that again? I don't know. Oh, it's so exhausting. Exactly. So <laughs> exhausting. It's like, when I didn't am even I make my that? own pasta and it was exhausting. Um, I mean, in a good way, but like, but yeah, not everyone has it. I mean, I, for me, I sort of feel like I have more time to do that. Cause once again, I don't have any social engagements going on. There's nothing that I have to do when I get home from work or if I'm going to, if I'm working from home, there's like not a whole lot I can do. So, you know, I am taking on some of those bigger projects. And I think what's nice is it's given me the ability to, because I think when you try something new, it often involves such a disparate set of ingredients than what is normally in your pantry. Mm -hmm. And so like a lot of what I've been cooking, like I, I've been experimenting with more like vegan dishes um or vegetarian dishes same, and so same. and it's it does require like a different set of ingredients than what i would normally have on hand a different balance of that and so you know i i used to have like two years ago i had all-purpose flour a year ago i had all-purpose flour and and bread flour now i have in addition to that arrowroot flour <laughs> sweet glutinous rice flour i've got uh i've got uh cornmeal or like masa uh i, I think it's, it's i think i have masa actually i'm, I'm just using it in replacement for cornmeal because that's kind of what it is i'm sure there are some differences in grain what have oh. you been making recently uh i had like a week where i so one of our friends has given us a bunch of like eggs they have they have chickens and so they had too many eggs and so we managed to get like two or three cartons from them <laughs> and so i've been trying to find ways to to use those up and one of the ways that i've been doing is been marinating eggs and so i did uh, a whole batch of like i think 10 of them where i just put them in like a mixture of like soy mirin uh sugar salt uh and water mm -hmm. and just marinated them in that for a while for like a day and then you just kind of like leave them in there and you pop one out whenever you want one you know soft boiled so they have have kind of like a nice jammy center in the middle like today i just chopped up i i've been looking at my thankfully our peppers didn't get or our chilies didn't get uh knocked down in the storm because they were they were right up against one of the walls uh and so a lot of them have turned a, a lot of our jalapenos have turned red and so uh i just chopped those up today and put them in a brine to ferment so i'm, I'm gonna try and make hot sauce again oh. for like the second time 
uh, which I didn't try fermenting them the first time. So that's awesome. That'll be fun. Okay, so um, real quick, what time do you eat? What time during the day? What time do you What time do you eat? Like for dinner time, and what time do you go to bed? I try to eat dinner somewhere between like six and eight o'clock. Okay. Depending on like how bad I am at portioning at my time for cooking something. I mean, we eat like at six thirty-seven, but yeah. you know, by the time we get home from work, it's five thirty. Gotta walk the dog. You get back from that walk and that then you start cooking, you know, get your ingredients like six thirty, seven, eat by the time you're done. And then you have like say seven fifteen. You have mm-hmm. probably an hour and a half to two hours for your own free time to work on something or watch a show yeah. or read. And then you're like, oh, bedtime. Definitely. I think a lot of us are feeling that like we get home from work. Strangely, in this time when we're supposed to have more time than ever, we're getting home from work or we're eating dinner. And then it just feels like time evaporates yeah. and then you have to go to bed or time evaporates and you have to go to bed and it's it's midnight. Yeah. I don't know what to do about that necessarily, but I'm trying to find out like how to like get more out of that time that's there and make sure we're being like mindful about how we're using it. That's why I'm I'm like, I know people love Pearl coffee, but I love my, my ninja coffee that can like set up the time and hit and it <laughs> brews for me. And I was like, yeah, I want to be fancy, but I don't think time allows me to be fancy. I mean, I think, I think the way that some people like justify the fancy coffee other than just wanting fancy coffee, like pour over is that like you can use the the coffee making experience as a sort of like wake up meditation Mm -hmm. or like it's a part of your like routine and it's a part of your process and it's something that you it's a practice and so you can get better at it every day and it's just something you can work on every single day and be like you try this this method or you you try you add more time you take away time you add more water you take away water you add more grounds you take away grounds you grind it coarser you grind it finer you pour it slightly differently uh, and, you know, you bloom at different times and you can kind of like fiddle with that process. And it's just something you can do every day to get better at it. That helps focus your mind. Um, hmm. That's the theory. I'm I'm not great at it yet. <laughs> but but sometimes like I can get on a good streak and I can I can start paying attention. But yeah, I like. It, we do want to get a pour over. I know Megan really wants yeah. to try that. And we've, there's this coffee roasting company that we really enjoy. And I love the flavors. And it, it, I love how, like, when you order coffee online, it gives you the description of how to drink that coffee. Yeah. It's so simple. It's called Fiend. Yeah. So. Fiend? Fiend. Like caffeine. Fiend. Okay. Just Fiend. Oh, I see. We've been using, um, we've been using Trade. Um, so the, it's like a coffee subscription service mm. that like aggregates a bunch of other like coffee growers and they only put on like pretty nice coffee. Um, this is not which a is nice. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. We, we don't, have, we're not at sponsorship. We, we don't get any of that, uh, yet, but you know, we, we use trade right now. I mean, it's, I mean, it's nice coffee, so it's expensive. Um, you know, I, but I, I've kind of heard, there are some like recommendations out there, like for, if you want to get into like good coffee that you should you generally want to pay more than like $14 per like bag mm. of like whole beans. Um, Cause like, I, I think the way that they do the math is like calculating like ethical, ethical concerns for like, if you're going to be getting coffee beans from like a place that's, that's doing, you know, labor well, and you want all the process in there, like you're generally not going to find anything cheaper than like $14 uh, 
uh, for that and I, in, and I, in addition to quality. I, and I'm totally fine with it because I, I know I enjoy the coffee. You know, we get whole bean, we grind it. Mm-hmm. We do try to like freshly brew it, um, you know, with, with the limitations and stuff like that that we have and we do want to get a pour over because of this and I'm totally fine with like 14, 15, 16 dollars. Sometimes I paid 20 dollars for a really good bag of coffee and it tastes amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh probably more amazing if I would have done the pour over method. We do have an AeroPress. Oh, really? Oh yeah. yeah. Have you been playing around with that? I like the AeroPress. It's great. Yeah, it's it and that's also just a practice of like you can take that and you you really get to dial in all the elements of making coffee. And and for anyone who's never done this before it sounds it sounds really difficult but you you can pick it up pretty quickly really you're just dealing with um the grind of coffee that you're putting in there the amount of coffee that you're putting in there the amount of water and then the time of extraction and and how long you're letting it sit there and the aeropress is really good at doing it small batch so you're not wasting an entire pot of coffee Mm -hmm. you can you can just brew a single cup and you can taste um, really, really quickly what the differences in your process are. And they have a lot of recommendations out there for how to kind of start with it. Uh, and even the base directions that they provide you are really good. And then you start playing around and figuring out what you like, which I think is nice. Yeah. Like it, it's a really open-ended system uh, to to do that. And and I think my issue, I stopped using it recently because I, I, want, I got a Chemex and I got like a kettle to do pour overs with. But also I, I realized I... I I ran out of filters finally for, <laughs> for the AeroPress. You do get out of filters. So I'm going to have to, so I have to either buy more paper filters or maybe experiment with one of those metal ones. Mm. So, yeah. And then, so we also ordered a, one of those Vietnamese pour over containers. Oh yeah. So nice. You get that. But yeah, so the, the quality coffee is so much better. And like, again, like I said, the ethical and also I brew my coffee every morning, put in a container, mm-hmm. go to work. I put, you know, Vietnamese cinnamon in it, a little bit of sugar, and mm-hmm. some oatly creamer, or just oat milk, um, in there. And usually, if it's like the more expensive coffee, the nicer the coffee. I try not to put sugar or anything else in there, and just trying to mm-hmm. trying to move myself into black coffee. Yeah. Once again, like it takes time, but it's like, can you make that time worth it? Can you make that time that you're spending on making the coffee? Can that be a way of growing? Can that be a way of practicing? Mm-hmm. Uh, can that be a way that you find calm in the morning uh, and kind of reset yourself uh, every day? Um, I think it's possible. <laughs> I think I fail at it a lot, but but it's something I want to continue trying. And so, yeah, I definitely yeah. need to start doing it your way to appreciate the mental yeah. break. To like wake yeah. up and and that's not to say that like like i love drip coffee too like there's no i don't, I don't okay there's there's bad coffee but like there's a lot of different ways to enjoy coffee and i think there are definitely certain trends out there and some people like right now everyone is into the super okay not everyone i'm saying like what is being pushed as trendy right now is like the super light roasts that are like really fruity and that have a lot of flavor and, and then yeah, lots of fancy ways of brewing things. But like, that's not to say that like dark roasts are bad. Like, I think you just need to find what you like and, 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 and figure out where that is. And, and I think most people who get into coffee will find themselves kind of exploring what that range Mm -hmm. is anyway. 
I love a good drip coffee if it, if it's well made. It's different than what you would get out of pour over or what you'd get out of French press or what you get out of like an espresso like you know thing like that. But like it's just different. And I, honestly, like I do love bad coffee in a way. Like there's something like very nostalgic about really crappy Folgers coffee. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind Folgers. I okay, so I I. I think I like Folgers more than I wanted to like light roast coffee because it sounds so flavorful. But when you use the drip method, it comes mm-hmm. out really watery. It, it doesn't yeah. have that, I mean, strong, robust flavor that you're used to because it's not mm-hmm. roasted longer. So it's like, I just don't like blonde, like light roast. I say blonde because it's like the Starbucks one. Right. Yeah. Like, And, and not, not everyone is, is into that. And there are differences yeah. in the body of the coffee as well. Uh, and, it, and to be fair, none of us are. We, I'm not a coffee expert. David, would you consider yourself a coffee expert? No, I just like drinking coffee. I need the caffeine. Yeah. And I know, so I know it, like the light roast, I really want to enjoy it because that's like the way they talk about the flavors sounds so yeah. much better to me. Like, oh, I want this. I want this like pound cake, caramel, chocolate. Like, this sounds great. <laughs> and then you're like, this does not taste the way it says it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say, like, I, I'm definitely a person who does not have the fine-tuned palate or or the experience to be able to taste a lot of those things. Honestly, I think some of those are... It's not that I doubt that the flavors are there. It's just I I don't think without reading those words that I would have tasted them or interpreted them that way. What do you think, David? I think I want to keep experimenting with coffee because, you know, I went camping, got to the AeroPress, mm-hmm. be able to, like, you know, do a little pour over action and try coffee out, you know, with nature and and explain <laughs> the flavors and, like, and stuff like that. So it was really nice and mm-hmm. it felt really therapeutic and mm-hmm. surrounded by people who had to deal with the storm and then they have electricity in their house. Mm-hmm. So they just packed up and went camping and they're like, hey, like, I have this yeah. camping. I have a working stove here. I don't want the food to go to waste, throw that in a cooler. And and they were just telling us the stories and stuff like that. And you're able to to share our experiences with that. But how about you? Yeah, I'm actually about to go camping soon or not camping. I'm going to go to a cabin, a little different, no tents. You know, it'll hopefully be mostly sealed up, but still, you know, lots of bugs and outdoors. And (laughs) I think once you get back from your trip, we should definitely talk about our camping experience. Yeah, I, I, I think on, on the sort of eve of us going out there, I, I'm definitely panicking a little bit. I'll tell you that much because I, I would love to build a fire. It's not allowed where I'm going because uh, the threat of a forest fire is so great. Um, and so like it's not just it's just not something that we would ever chance. But it is going to be interesting going out to a place where I'm not familiar with what's in the grocery stores or I'm really not familiar with, you know, what what's available or what the weather exactly is going to be like. Um mm-hmm. All I know, all I know is that there is a cast iron pan that I seasoned last year that I like de-rusted and and tried to get back into fighting shape. And I, I'm hoping it's still hanging there uh, untouched so that I can like take it for a spin. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, if you have questions, you can email us at wearebeyondhungry at gmail.com or reach out to us on social at wearebeyondhungry on Instagram and on Facebook. Music is by our good friend, Bo Brenton. You can follow him at Bo Brenton. That's B-E-A-U-B-R-E-N-T-O-N. 
And if you like this podcast, follow us or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And please, please, uh, if you like uh, what you're hearing, if you like hearing us talk or the, the interviews that we've been doing, please give us a, a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or uh, however they, they let you rate that. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.